0: Hello, listeners. Welcome to Grow 10x podcast. My name is Preeti Padmanabhan, marketing executive, board member and angel investor. We have the pleasure of hosting Lisa Pepper Satkin, who is an executive coach, certified dare to lead facilitator, author and creator of the game Love Big. I can't wait to hear about it. And a marriage and family therapist. Welcome, Lisa.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: So Lisa, tell us about yourself.
1: Wow, it's a long story, but I will happily tell you. I am what I call an integrated therapeutic coach. And what that means is that I have had the pleasure of integrating all of the psychology training I have and the coaching training I have. And I work with people to help them expand into a preferred version of themselves. I help them excel to a place that they don't even imagine that they could go or grow or ways to begin achieving their dreams. It's interesting, I do it with adults and I also love working with children. And I created a program to help kids grow self-esteem and I created a program to help kids navigate fear and anxiety. And I'll tell you, there isn't one adult that I work with that doesn't also navigate fear and anxiety. I came into this work, honestly, I started my own work when I was 10. So that's why I said it's a long story, right?
0: Absolutely. That is some great work you're doing in building up self-esteem, not just in adults, but even in children. You have mentioned to me that you are also an author, Tell us about your books.
1: So I created a book, it's called Pocket Full of Love and it's a children's book. But it's really, my biggest secret is, it's my autobiography. Because I realized that as a child, I was carrying a lot of fear. But we didn't call it anxiety then. I just knew I was afraid. And I remember that I always had to have my best friend walk me home late, like into middle school. It wasn't until about, I think a year ago, and I had written the book already, all of a sudden one day it dawned on me, this is my story of being a kid. And so the the book is about a little girl who's afraid and her mom helps her with her mindset. Her mom encourages her to take her fear and focus it toward finding hearts in the world. And it's funny cuz that's what I do. Anyone who's a follower of mine on Instagram or Facebook knows that I find hearts in the most unique places in the world. I'll see them in a puddle or I'll see them in food or plants or flowers or anywhere. And I post them just to spark a little bit of joy. And that's what happens in the children's book is the mom is trying to encourage the girl's mindset which is really an adult concept, right?
0: Right, and it's perfect because you, when you're budding as a child, when you're given the right frameworks, and when you talked about finding hearts, uh, what I'm hearing is that you know, you're replacing the fear with love. That's right. That's
1: right. And that's easy to do in some cases. When something is life-threatening, it's much harder just to replace it with love. And so what I work with families around and what I work with adults, it's like, I don't even have to distinguish which age group I work with because my conversations are very similar across all ages. What I'm encouraging people to do is to find the ways that they can navigate difficult situations and difficult, difficult feelings and ask yourself these questions. Who? Will I turn to for support? And how will I land if, God forbid, this situation
0: is devastating? And those are questions we have to ask all the time. Absolutely. And uh, do you notice as you're having these conversations with people from different age groups, do the fears change? As you go from a 10-year-old that you mentioned uh, to an adult, what are some different things that you recommend for managing the fear at each different age group?
1: You know, the fear, it's sort of like the ticker tape underneath, right? Anxiety loves to hang around and find any way that it can stay for free. And what we need to do is certainly there are different topics that we need to address differently. But what I like to do is teach people that with anxiety, what you must do is acknowledge its presence and then gently usher it out of your life with tools and strategies. Obviously, the things that kids fear are different than what an executive that I work with at a large tech company in San Francisco Or the leaders that I work with, like they're holding a lot more, especially right now, right? Mm -hmm. We are in a global pandemic. I am very aware of that. But still, I'm helping people get grounded through empowered self-care practices, regular self-care practices, courageous conversations, vulnerable conversations. And that's what's needed, especially inside of our companies right now. That we name that people are afraid because this big thing called COVID Mm -hmm. or the fires or all this air quality, it's out of our control. How do we ground ourselves in practices that help us feel safer? But how do we really have conversations acknowledging that one another may be going through something that's very difficult? So we're treating people as people
0: not just as employees or numbers right we're really engaging with them as people yes that is so true sometimes at work you can get carried away with so much work that's going on and get busy that if we fail to take a step back and see people as people and have those conversations then it gets too far and suddenly you're seeing people leave or you know people get sick, and you 're in a crisis mode. I, I really admire the way you're talking about having those courageous conversations up front
1: i'm in awe of how many people are taking medical leave because of anxiety, and it's like wait, what if we had these conversations within I mean now we have to say within Zoom, but this is the way we do it is start to humanize our, our cultures and our companies and have these conversations, you know, that Brené Brown is leading through her, her whole body of work. And I'm just excited. I think, I think we're growing. It's uncomfortable, but I see everybody growing. I see people being more courageous with one another and more vulnerable. I see conversations deepening and widening within families Because we're all hanging out a lot more together.
0: I like it. That is true. The last six months, whether we like it or not, (laughs) we have been in closed doors. We have our moments, but it just brings us all together. I find that people have become more courageous. People are now getting closer and people are reaching out. I think I've had conversations with people I have not talked to in several years because now I feel like reaching out and saying, how are you doing? Are you doing all right? Yeah. And I love this question. How are you doing today?
1: Or how are you doing right now? Right? Because it makes the interaction real in this very moment. Because I know for myself, just even a month ago, my answer was very different than it is right now because my sister was in the hospital mm-hmm. and thank goodness she's out and healthy. But the people that would call me and say, hey, how are you doing today? It let me know that they were connected into me personally. I don't mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense.
0: They were there for you in the time of need. Yeah. And that's the beautiful part. How can we support each other in this time of anxiety and fear? And you talked about the work you do with startup executives in terms of uh, entrepreneurs as well as companies. Tell us about how can we embrace these dare to lead principles? Because you mentioned your role as a dare to lead facilitator. How do you incorporate the principles in your workshops? Right.
1: I think... What companies need to do is courageously admit that there's a need for this kind of humanistic interaction and open the doors to these kinds of workshops and conversations. Conversations about values, about self-compassion, about empathy, about shame and resiliency, about fear and anxiety, also about people not knowing not knowing what to do or who to turn to or really asking people that same question. Like you and I just were like, how are you doing today? You know, I'm working with a lot of executives who have gotten quite comfortable at home. And even though they're executives, they're fearful about going back in. So where do we have these conversations? How do we, Brene uses this term, armored leadership versus daring leadership. How do we invite people into being daring leaders rather than armored leaders? And and I see it happening. Slowly but surely, I think it is happening. And her principles, which I am trained in facilitating, are now, we can do it on Zoom. And it makes it easy for everybody to show up. I think it's at the heart of it a willingness to have courageous and vulnerable conversations.
0: That makes perfect sense Uh, in daring leadership versus armored leadership. And that's a huge shift we have had in the past 10, 15 years. I cannot imagine in the late 90s uh, when I first started working to even talk about (laughs) leadership that is daring. You knew it, right? You knew it was, you could feel it. Yes. And, and when it's when it's armored and when people are not open and vulnerable, then you don't feel like sticking around with such leaders, you know, versus when you're having leaders who are open and transparent and willing to acknowledge the fears, willing to acknowledge that the team members are and, and themselves are going through these anxieties at this time. Then that certainly brings that camaraderie within the team.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting. I want to keep weaving this between companies and families and really schools, right? Mm-hmm. It's, there are three pods. Interesting to use the word pod as we use that word for safety during COVID, right? But there are three pods that share so many similar traits, right? Mm-hmm. We all experience fear and anxiety. There is armored parenting and daring parenting, There's armored educators and daring educators, and there's armored leaders and daring leaders. And my 16 year old said to me the other day, she said, you know, mom, I notice the parents who say to kids, we're doing it this way because I'm the parent have more trouble with that child than parents who say to kids, Hey, let's work this out together. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm laughing because She wanted me to work this thing out with her. She didn't want me just to say I'm the parent. And actually, she was right. And I said to her, I apologize. I I think if I could redo what we went through, I would do it differently. And I would have a different conversation with you. And that's daring parenting. That's daring leadership. So if we can flow between our different pods and be less armored and be more daring and find out how to open these conversations. I think the world will be a better place. <laughs> it's, it sounds a little simple, but
0: you know, you know, sometimes simple can be strong. Yes. Yeah. This is wonderful. So Lisa, you talked about the journey of the mom in your book, the pocket full of love in helping her child go from fear and anxiety to love Are there any tools that parents could use or corporations could use for people who are dealing with fear and anxiety and to better address the fear and anxiety and move people towards love and camaraderie?
1: Mm -hmm. Definitely for my families. I I created a, a game. It's a card deck and it's called Love Big, an interactive game to grow more love for yourself and others. I think that's the title that I gave it. And anyway, they're cards. It's a wonderful game to ask each other deeper and more meaningful questions. We always used to take the game when we would go on vacation because we would eat out for lunch or for dinner. And so we would have the game to play because we allow our kids on phones at meals, so it was we needed something else. For example, one of the questions is, do you remember a time in your life where you felt super challenged? Share something that felt super challenging and explain how you worked through it. It's a great conversation piece, and the game allows everyone to get to know each other better and be courageous and vulnerable. I think it's a great game for companies to use, but I think they're not used to playing in this way with each other, except at offsites. That's a great way. Yeah, I'm going to say companies should all
0: buy it, love big. I love the title. You know, I think I would love to play that with my family. Thank you for creating such creative tools and introducing such new concepts for families to embrace. I do think that another way corporations could think about it is trust big, because unless you build trust with this camaraderie, You don't get your job done. Yeah, beautiful. I'll edit
1: it for companies. I'll make a new deck called Trust Big. That's good. You're good.
0: (laughs) We're a good team, Lisa. We're a good team. That's right. Yes. This has been wonderful. How do you support people in their journey, in their careers, in their lives? I'm sure our listeners would be interested to get in touch with you on that.
1: Well, I work with people, obviously, individually. I work with groups, I lead retreats, something unique that I do often groups that are having a retreat will have me come along and sort of drizzle this kind of work and conversation throughout the whole weekend and participate in their weekend. You have to trust big to do that. Oh, speaking of trust big. I also offer a lot of free coaching on Zoom once a week every wednesday at noon pacific time i provide free coaching for anyone who wants to come along and show up and and receive the coaching everyone says to me why do you do that because it feels good i like to give back i also work inside of companies well now on zoom inside of companies doing leadership development or coaching and people can reach out to me privately and we can create what's needed inside of your particular organization.
0: That is wonderful. And I love how you're giving back every week. And uh, we, we are happy to include your link to your Wednesday meetings in our podcast uh, as a comment.
1: Oh, thank you. And I'm happy to give a link and people can reach out and have an intro call I help people very quickly. I think because I'm intuitive and I've been doing this for so long and this blend of coaching and psychology is the secret sauce. I know it because I'm in it all day long and I love it. So I'm happy to share my time with your listeners.
0: Fantastic, Lisa. really appreciate it. And we loved having you on this podcast episode. Listeners, Lisa Pepper Satkin, with us today. Do check out her book, Pocket Full of Love, as well as reach out to her for any help you need. Thank you, Lisa.